You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. It is time now for one of my favorite segments, always has been Dr. History, brought to you by Burley Veterinary Hospital with Dr. Scott Morley and his very friendly, knowledgeable team at Burley Veterinary Hospital at 2869 Overland in Burley. The number to call, 678-5509. Don't forget all your large and small animal needs right there at Burley Veterinary Hospital. They really care. Good morning to Dr. History. How are you? Doing great, Zeb. Just uh, kind of a cold, windy day out there today. It's hard to imagine that Sunday afternoon, seriously, Deanne and I were sitting over on the bench in front of the barn and just basically almost in shirt sleeves. It was really nice. Yeah, today, who? today yeah look out now sure certainly you've got some thank yous and acknowledgements and yes jeff longtime listener uh, after last week's show about billy the kid he sent me some more information about billy the kid so i appreciate that jeff. what was his uh, thought on whether billy met his demise by pat he, garrett or he not? didn't say he didn't say <laughs> no okay and then lauren who sent me some information about the pleasant valley war down in arizona Okay. Uh, between a couple of families. So yeah. uh, I'm going to check into that. And But today we're going to go back to this book by John LeMay. And John, thank you very much for giving me permission to use your book, uh, Tall Tales and Half-Truths oh. of Billy the Kid. And John has done a good job about putting out all the different aspects of these stories and just letting the reader try to decide what you think is the half-truth or the lie. i got to tell you, I had probably, I'd say, ten phone calls, maybe nine. at the Maybe that's the right number. But it was way in favor of Pat Garrett killing Billy the Kid. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, well, wait till we finish this story. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, again, uh, you know, while his bones were constantly under threat of being pillaged, his first grave marker, a crude wooden cross, also had a few adventures. It was first stolen by none other than his alleged girlfriend, Paulita Maxwell. Paulita and her brother Pete had a $10 wager going that she would be too afraid to go out to Billy's grave at midnight. Well, when Paulita agreed to make the short journey to the cemetery, Pete insisted that she bring back a weed or a flower to prove that she'd been there. But she brought back the entire cross to her brother, to his shock. The next morning, Paulita sent one of the servants to put the cross back into the ground. Uh, Coincidentally, many years later, Paulita would actually be buried in the same cemetery. So that was Billy the Kid's girlfriend. Right. Supposedly, he was with her the night that Pat Garrett shot him. Could, yeah, could have been. Okay. Yeah. So another story says that the cross was stolen again uh, to become a sort of shrine to the kid's memory, but this could be uh, part of the Maxwell story. We don't know. 
So the Maxwell family actually had uh, one of their servants fashion the cross to begin uh, with on the day of the funeral, and it was said to be made of a white uh, fence post about four feet tall from the fairgrounds that was sawed in half to make a cross. Mm -hmm. So the pointy end of the fence post was driven into the ground. So it was basically a fence post. Yeah. And the cross had, uh, quote, Billy the Kid, July 14th, 1881, painted on it. And in the upper left-hand corner was inscribed in a lady's handwriting. And this is in Spanish. Uh, and I'm going to butcher this. Dormer bien cuerdo, which means sleep well, dear one. Yeah, you did. You Thank did. you. You Thank murdered you. it. <laughs> That's why I gave the English translation. <laughs> You know, now it seemed that the kid's grave marker was not long for this world, and sometime after this, the wooden cross was nearly destroyed when a group of soldiers from Santa Fe used it as target practice in 1883. You've got to be kidding me. And it says, quote, shot it plumb to kindling wood. Now, right there, I guess every generation has creeps. Why would you want to go and desecrate right, exactly. a cross in a cemetery? Now, but the, Zeb, again, did it really happen? Okay. Oh. According to Colonel Jack Potter, who uh, arrived uh, at Fort Sumner in 1884, he says, no. He says, according to him, the cross had only eight bullets in it when he saw it, but it was still standing. And he says, quote, I believe I'm the only man living that really knows what became of that marker and the correct inscription on it. Well... Uh, this Colonel Potter was uh, working for the New England Cattle Company, uh, which now owned the property and had come down to inspect it around 1886, so, you know, about three or four years later. But after their inspection was over and it was time to board a stagecoach and head back home, uh, they had these Easterners, okay, on the stagecoach. And uh, he said, we haven't visited the kid's grave. So this Colonel Potter took them to the cemetery, which was in pretty bad shape. Uh, the gate Evidently, had, it was all shot full. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the gate had fallen down, and several cattle had wandered into the cemetery and uh, using the crosses to rub their necks on. But then the Easterners laid their eyes on Billy's kind of pitiful-looking cross, and here's what they said, quote, uh, this is our land, our cemetery, and from the appearance and condition of this cemetery, it will all be destroyed in a short time. I'm going to take this marker back east and put it in a museum. So this is one of the Easterners. He wants to take the marker and, and take it back for a museum. Okay, uh, we'll talk about that a little more later. So anyway, so Billy's first grave marker was strapped to the stagecoach with the rest of the luggage and headed east. And many years later, in the tw 1920s, this potter said if the cross ever really did get put in a museum as promised, uh, probably didn't. Uh, unfortunately, Potter was only able to trace Billy's Cross as far as Las Vegas, New Mexico, and a stagecoach driver named John Rourke stated in a letter to Potter that he saw the cross strapped to a feller's luggage as he boarded a train back east. Now, just a second here uh, about the cemetery. Uh, you said that it was right around where there were a lot of cattle running and everything else. Right, because these people were... owned the ranch. Well, around. now, is the cemetery still there, and do they know, we know, which grave actually is well, Billy the Kids? We'll talk about that a little. Here you <laughs> go again. Here you go again. Now, according to Potter and others, the Kids' cross,
cross was replaced with another to mark the spot, and according to Pat Garrett, who returned to inspect the grave in 1902, the new cross had also been shot full of holes. And there in the company of Western writer Emerson Howe, Garrett made a toast to his dead victim, stating, Here's to the boys. If there's any other life, I hope they make better use of it than the one I put them out of. Oh, my. (laughs) And Garrett himself would be actually shot and killed six years later, uh, possibly taken by surprise just as much as the kid uh, when Garrett shot him. Oh, my. And he was shot in the back. Well... So here we are, 1904. Flood washed away the cross along with the markers of other graves. So there were a a bunch of other graves in this cemetery. But the flood lasted for a week, and the waters were so deep, uh, like four feet in some spots. And along with the kid were also buried about 60 soldiers, most of whom were killed in Indian Wars. Oh, my. So whether the marker was put back in the right spot is unknown. We've got a caller with a quick comment. Real fast, caller, please. You're on the air. What that cross had written on it, the correct pronunciation is Duerme Bien Querido, which means sleep well, my love. So I was real close, right? Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but let's be real honest here, my friend. He, he was real close in an explanation, but as far as the, uh, the language, uh-uh. He no. was about 10 miles away. No, the, the pronunciation was botched, but that's okay. I didn't expect you to get it perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so 1906, Fort Sumner was abandoned as a military post and, post, and as such, it was decided that all the soldiers buried in the old military cemetery should be dug up and moved to the National Cemetery in Santa Fe. Oh, my. Now, not intentional, it's possible that Billy and his two outlaw pals, remember he was buried between two of his his outlaw pals, and they may have also made the trip to Santa Fe, and as one old-timer remarked, wouldn't it be ironic if those desperados now rest in Santa Fe as unknown soldiers with American flags over them? So nobody really knows. No, but it gets better. (laughs) Holy moly. there's a researcher named Frederick Nolan, and he tracked down one article that raises the possibility, unreliable though it may be, in 1955, the El Crepuscolo. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Call back, Richard. It's a newspaper called the El Crepuscolo out of okay. Taos. <laughs> you should see the look on his face when he tries to pronounce these words. So reporter Kelly Hearn wrote that a Catholic priest by the name of Father Burke oversaw the exhumation of the soldiers' graves, and that when it was all over, the grave formerly occupied by the body of the kid was empty. Okay. Now where are we we're, going? Now we're, oh, we'll keep going. Okay. So the story exists in uh, a book called An Outlaw Called Kid by a guy named Castro regarding a time when the supposed coffin of the kid was moved because water was eroding the ground around it. Inside this coffin was nothing but a saddlebag and some rocks. In Billy's coffin. Supposed coffin. The story comes from a man named Alfred Hale, who told the story to Severo Gallegos, Jr., who told it to A.B. Munzo, who then told it to Castro. So it's got to be true, right? It only went through four people. You're losing me here. So (laughs) now, do we know for a fact that there was no body in the coffin? Okay, as I just said, this went from Alfred Hale to Gallegos to Muncie to Castro. Ah, okay. (laughs) So take that for what it's worth. Right. Now, there's a similar story told related by a guy named Frank Doby that the kid's coffin contained... I've heard of him. 
Okay. Frank uh, Dobie, isn't he an author or a writer? Uh, I think, yeah, he is. Yeah. He wrote uh, Apache Gold and the Yak. Yaki River, yeah. But in he, he says that uh, there were three bags of sand in uh. in the coffin. Now, a 1980 article by a guy named Kemp in the Frontier Times magazine uh, features a quote from John Graham, who allegedly dug the kid's grave in Fort Sumner, and he claims that once the casket arrived by wagon for burial, it was accompanied by an armed guard to make sure no one opened it to see what was inside. Now, Fort Sumner is the final resting place. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, the the cemetery outside. Of where we think the body right. is. We've got another call. Call her real fast. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. I uh, watched that movie you suggested, Old Henry. Yes. So, uh, that was very interesting. I wondered what your thoughts are on that. Okay, uh, well, we'll have Ken talk about it. Thank you. Uh, you know, it was a probably romanticized version, but I loved it. I thought, yeah, that could have happened. Could have happened that way. So, folks, if you haven't seen the movie Old Henry, uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, but real quick, Ken, wouldn't you agree that almost all the stories of the Old West lead people to think uh, there might be another way this exactly. ended up? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, so yet another story told uh, by uh, Vernon Reed of Carlsbad said her uncle Joseph Wood helped dig the grave, claims the side of beef Billy went to cut a slice off before he died was what was buried in the casket. The beef? Yeah. And really? stranger still, an old weathered newspaper clipping dated 1925 runs the headline, quote, Billy the Kid's Bones as Elusive as a Bandit. And... Uh, only this strange story uh, relates how uh, a Lincoln party had excavated the supposed site of burial and found neither coffin or bones or anything but earth. Okay, Nothing go, there. Go back to when Billy was killed, supposedly. Right. Okay. And uh, in those days, man, there wasn't much time wasted. They stuck him in the ground right, right away. Yeah. So how do we ever go about and verify history... Of really what happened to him. Well, here that's why John wrote this book. There's so many versions yeah. of what happened. So, you know, after the... He lo- could have been working at Walmart. He could be. He <laughs> could be the greeter. <laughs> but, you know, after the loss of Billy's marker in the flood, the grave remained unmarked for many years. Uh, an old-timer named Char- Charles Four, born in 1850, visited the grave regularly and knew where the kid was buried. Now, Four took a guy named Burns to the spot when he came to Fort Sumner to research his book. And the cemetery was in bad shape. Uh, The adobe walls that once surrounded it had fallen down. It was surrounded by a barbed wire fence. And here's what he said, quote, The place, you might say, was a decent spot for dead men to sleep in. And then he was quoted as saying, uh, and continues, that while the cemetery uh, was holy ground, it now went by the name of Hell's Half Acre for all the men who, quote, died with their boots on, uh, anyway, counting the kid. And ironically, uh, Billy is buried in the same yard as one of his victims, a guy named Joe Grant, who he killed, uh, is buried in the same place. Which leads me to another question. Is there verification that Billy was as bad as they said he was, like killing, what, 21 men or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) 
once again, Zeb, there it is. It's out How there. How do you find This is intriguing to me because you're Dr. History. You're the epitome of knowledge. How do we verify some of these things? You know, again, what John has done in this book, he goes back to all these old newspaper articles, uh, quotes from uh, people who supposedly knew what really happened. And he, again, he just puts it out there that, okay, this is what was out there. You decide. But you would think somebody like Billy the Kid or uh, Jesse James or whatever the case might be, there would be solidified fact as to what happened to him and where and who. The problem is it was a lot of times years later that people wrote about him. And so, once again, they're just somewhat guessing by, you know, maybe interviews or who they talk to this person or that person. And then again, it's that person's opinion of what happened. So there could be uh, the case of like that one movie, uh, and I can't think of the guy's actor that starred in that movie, where Billy actually died as an old, old man. Yeah. Well, anyway, after this book became an overnight sensation by this Burns guy, uh, Fort Sumner finally placed a metal marker in a random spot of the cemetery for tourists. It was described as, quote, fairly dignified octagonal marker suitably inscribed with Billy the Kid's name and a few of the facts and dates concerning him. And in an article written by a guy named Hunter, the article goes on to relate how a broken bit of shovel blade sits at the head of one of the graves. So there again, uh, for several years, old-timers like Four and friends of the kid like George Coe uh, petitioned for a proper marker to be created. So finally, in 1930, a headstone was was created for all three Quote, Knights of the Six Shooter, the Billy the Kid and the two, his two buddies, uh, as the exact spot for all three was uncertain prior to the 1930 creation. There was some top of erect, uh, talk of uh, erecting a uh, monument over the kid's grave, but then people in New Mexico are there saying, he killed 21 men. Why are we erecting this? But I have a question. I think we can do our own detective work. What about, now, uh, Billy was an orphan. Right. Okay. What about the other two that were in his gang? They had families. Yeah. Okay. Why don't they? we Why don't we call them on the phone <laughs> and ask them about their deceased member of Billy the Kid's gang and try to run a family tree yeah. backwards? It, 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 that's uh, who knows. I mean, I don't know if they. You had. get to work on that. Okay, I'll work okay. on it. So finally, in, in in Fort Worth, Texas, in 1926. Uh, they erected a monument to the kid there. In Texas? Yeah, in Texas. Uh, the, because they said, well, he visited here quite frequently. Well, that was shot down by the uh, uh, United Confederate Veterans. They didn't want a marker in Texas for Billy the Kid. So that didn't take place. When the monument was finally placed in the Fort Sumner Cemetery in 1930, with the help of three of Billy the Kid's surviving pallbearers, okay, all of whom could not agree on an exact location. It was placed in the middle of the three guesses. You're kidding me. (laughs) So the new marker was uh, molested within only months of its placement as tourists began chipping off pieces of it one by one. Oh, my. One legend even says that there was now a marker on the tombstone for each of the men he murdered. So 21 pieces chipped out of the marker. Okay, now we move on to 1938. Billy's plot was almost plowed up. Uh, The cemetery was sold to a private individual for back taxes. A ditch was plowed really close to Billy's plot. So now in 1940, a footstone 
uh, just for Billy, was placed on the plot, and it carries uh, the inscription that reads, Truth and History, but in reality, it promotes several famous myths of the kid, including his incorrect November 23, 1859 birth date, and a reference to the 21 men he killed. It also reads, quote, The boy bandit king, he died as he lived. Now, a newspaper, the Tarleton Texan Weekly, claims that the footstone was a prop used in a movie called The Outlaw, released in 1943. The prop was then donated to the cemetery. Uh, however, there's a Mrs. George Mitchell of Albuquerque, claims it was made by her father, a Mr. Warner, who did so after learning the kid had no marker to himself. At his own expense, he made it from his own quarry in Colorado, drove to Fort Sumner, and put it uh, and, uh, along with his family. So at some point, anyway, in the 1940s, a chain-link fence was placed around the plot to stop tourists from chipping off pieces of the bigger tombstone for all three outlaws. And in 1950, the footstone that was made was stolen and would remain missing for a quarter of a century. <laughs> so... Now we move on to 1962, uh, more controversy, there was talk of having Billy reburied in Lincoln County, New Mexico, uh, a New Mexico court uh, district judge refused the request, uh, finally in 1976, that footstone was returned to Fort Sumner, uh, five years later the tombstone was stolen again in 1981, and it took only a little over a week to find it. Uh, it was formally placed back on the grave. The next year, the marker was anchored down with anchored down with iron shackles and a large steel case placed around the entire plot. Today, uh, thefts continue not of the tombstone but uh, of the signs in the city. And anything to do with Billy the Kid gets stolen. If it says Billy the Kid, uh, it'll it'll be stolen. Anything that says Billy the Kid in the town of Fort Sumner. Wow. I know less now about <laughs> Billy the Kid than I did before you came in and sat well, down. You're welcome. You're... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you this obvious question. Was there really a Billy the Kid? Yeah, yeah there was him. <laughs> yeah. That's all we know for sure. Woo! I mean, my mind is going in circles with all the different questions. And, and all these different theories. And I yeah. did, you know. I'm sure glad you bought that doggone book. Thank you, John LeMay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Doctor History. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.